The Dino Juice didn't quite bail out Vitor Belfort, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting looks and feels way easier from outside the cage. Because I would have just ducked or moved. That would have been my advice. But I am simply your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, what would you have done to avoid Kelvin Gastelum? Um, maybe send him a food delivery service two or three years before? That was my joke. That was, that was where I was going with it. Don't, don't ask me to do the joke if you're going to do it yourself. <laughs> it's Fair. just a dick move. I agree. I guess I could just... Uh, he, I, I liked your meme about him Thank making you. weight. It was great. Oh, but don't worry, dude. There's always somebody on the internet who wants to be like, well, isn't this a middleweight and you should be able to make that weight a little bit easier than 170? No. Good job. You're so smart. <laughs> you figured that, it out. First and of I was all, like, I put that there, doesn't I go, fucking matter here. This is Kelvin Gastelum. He's missed weight like four times. It's not like he didn't know what weight he was fighting at all fucking four times. So presumably knew what weight he was coming into this time. But like, uh, here's the issue with people who want to talk about memes where they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Nothing's funnier than talking about comedy. And yes, I do recognize the talking about this guy is still talking about comedy, but we want to bring him up because he added a stupid comment, which was, yes, it's at 185. So it's even funnier that you get to go ahead and shit on the fact <laughs> that he's missed weight because you have one fucking job. Genuinely. Just one. All the way up fight. to the fight. Yeah. And sometimes they will still give you money and let you fight if you lose because you a made weight and b didn't fuck that up so good things can still happen to you anyway i digress it's been a weird week in memes for those that haven't seen it it's president barack obama wiping his forehead with a cloth that's just uh with that whoo look finding out gasoline made weight i laughed (laughs) because first of all it's how i found out gasoline made weight so i was like oh bonus this is a fun way to be delivered this news to because I also did a quick, what if he hadn't made weight? What would Raph post it? Just a golden corral does it again meme? I don't know. That's, that's a good one. I like that a lot. Your Thanksgiving diet stuff wouldn't have quite applied here, but maybe he's a fan of like St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. You know, it could be he's still uh, getting over Valentine's Day. There or, you go. I don't know. Dude. An we birthday. live in a cake gate world, Kev, where uh, Khabib could have or could not have eaten some cake. Ruined his career. And, uh, well, we don't know. Maybe he might be retired. And what a fucking bullish move to pull on us, by the way. If you can't make weight for a fight and then all of a sudden you're just like, well, I think I'm going to retire. It's like, hey, hey there, buddy. You don't have to jump the gun. Is this okay? a CAT scan issue? Because just tell us. We get that. Like, we're down. You know, we want your head safe. I guess that's that's where we're starting today with all of that information. Um, I want to go ahead and bring up a very important fact here, Kev. What's because that? You, you brought up this whole uh, Fort Lezela, or how do you want to say it? Uh, Fort Lezea is how they kept saying it. Or UFC Fort Lezea. And it's important to note that at one point, I actually, and this is 100% true, because I know we like to think of ourselves as a little bit of higher caliber comedy on this show. But every once in a while, we, you know, 
we we set the bar a little bit lower. Kev, would you like to know how I did that yesterday? Uh, always, because I thought okay. that was my job, so I'm interested to hear how you're contributing. Look no further. Here it comes. Here is the tweet I put out. Ugh, I just typed UFC Fartaliza. <laughs> I'm just supposed to show the high caliber of jokes we do here at the podcast because I'll tell you something. When you're writing the word Fort Aliza, somehow the word Fart Aliza comes real close. Yeah. To to come in there, so did not know Fort and Fart were very close together. So Who you're welcome there? the internet. I should have just hashtagged the entire night as Fartaliza, but. <laughs> I stopped myself. I think everyone's wishing you had done that now, including the broadcast crew who had not much to talk about. They oh were my doing God. their best. Can we talk about the broadcast crew because I need to talk about my inner hatred. Inner hatred. This is very rare I get this worked up. But the people who were at the desk, somebody tweeted at Karen Bryant. And we're going to come back to Karen Bryant in a minute. But I'm just going to bring up the facts trying first. To get you beat up. She's trying to get me murdered. But there was somebody who said earlier in the night, Karen Bryant, why aren't you doing the desk? And she's like, hey, I'm working these other nights. Tonight's my night off, and I'm going to go ahead and have a drink. I'm going to enjoy myself. And you're thinking, Karen Bryant, you've earned it. But uh, then you start to wonder. a different answer loaded. <laughs> well, okay. But then you start to think, Kev, if she's not hosting and holding it down on the broadcast desk for the Fox Sports Quan, then who is? One of Bisping's personalities. Oh, he's so bad. And not just Bisping, Todd Grisham. And then we've also got Thug Jitsu on the side, who I have very little beef with. But let's focus in on the two that we really can't get past. It is ratings poison, I'm sure, to have Bisping and Grisham together. So when you have, like, Karen Bryant saying, hey, I'm taking the night off. I'm going to enjoy a cool beverage. It's like, no, Karen Bryant, you get back on that show. Could we once again reiterate Karen Bryant's necessity at the fight calling it, too? I'm just going to throw that out there. I think it's important to note, always. And, Kev, here's the worst part. So Michael Bisping had this joke, and we tweeted out this joke as well. But... After it was all said and done, he was kind of dropping some notes about Vitor Belfort, somebody who he obviously harbored some bad feelings for, for some strange reason. But he was saying that Vitor, by the end of the night, and he lost, he said that Vitor's best days are behind him. Though I argue, if we are being fair about this, if they were beside Vitor, Bisping wouldn't be able to see it. Because his eye, he's got the cyborg guy. Anyway, <laughs> this is what happens when you sit there in rage and you're watching and you realize these people have nothing to add. Zero to this broadcast problem. ability. It's Don't worry. No one was watching as the UFC no. knows. And so does uh, Fox. I like that they're all in it together. But for fuck's <clears throat> sake, you got to hire some broadcasters eventually. As much fun as the articulate fighters are, no one really. Never mind. Todd was trying to be a broadcaster and he's still. He still Working struggles it. with it. It's fine. And you know what? He's better there on that desk than he is doing commentary. I, I actually agree. I think he seemed a little. I was surprised. I didn't know how much camera experience he had. He used uh, to be on the WWE. I guess they're on camera then. How much yeah, I mean, time? he had. I mean, you ha- he was doing play by play or broadcast commentary for the WWE. So 
it's a very difficult skill set because you are making up the narratives or you're trying to further the storylines at a lot of point in there. So I remember there are Sports some Center. crossover. So yeah, he was on Sports Center as well, but you know him at the desk a little less offensive. That's fine, but put him with Bisping, who's now talking about Joe Rogan and GSP and all these other sorts of things. And I'm like, just show the highlight reel. I'm I'm dying on the inside. I'm begging you, Fox. Yeah, just and stop. Todd, uh, not all that funny. He's he's good. I actually thought he was good behind the desk. I just don't find him that funny. That was my no. point. and. Can we also, if we go ahead and transition now, Karen has the best personality. At least she's passionate. She likes it. You know that she can keep people on task. She razzes them when they say something super egregious. And speaking of razzing, let's go ahead and bring that up because I didn't want to bring this up. But you know what? I do have some beef with Karen. I think you would. First of all, I've never loved her more. And I didn't know that was possible. But she's only further endearing herself to me. And it's like, hey. You've got my vote for the for the Hall of Fame and president, whatever you want to do, Karen. So to come out so publicly and <laughs> threaten your physicality, oh, that's great. Let's put it this way. Okay, okay, okay. This all comes from a couple areas. First of all, Fox Sports put up this thing that they were saying uh, they couldn't figure out if Alex Oliveira, after his big win over – Dirty Bird, Tim Means, friend of the podcast. They said he was trying to figure out if he was being humble here. Or some, they use the word humble in some iteration. And I was like, no, dude was like humble for like the 2.5 seconds after he was trying to be Shakira. So we put a meme out. And I would go over to Karen and Karen's just like, oh, that was crazy with the dance. And I was like, listen, was he trying to Shakira dance right there? And she's like, yeah, is there something wrong with it? It's like, yeah, he's not Shakira. <laughs> That's why it's called the Shakira dance. Only Shakira can do it. So Karen Bryant decides to put me on blast and says, hey, next time he's on my podcast, which, by the way, could be tomorrow. Ding. Good plug. She says, <laughs> I'm going to tell him this. And that way you guys can settle it on the mats. This is not the first time Karen Bryan has tried to do this. She did the same thing with the Disney prince, a.k.a. Alan Hoban, when I was saying he looked like a Disney prince. And Alan Hoban took it as an insult. It's not an insult. He's just pretty. So now she's done that with him. And she's like, you guys need to settle on the mat. And it's like, God damn it, Karen Bryan. I can't take these people on. They're real athletes. I'm just some schlock comedian doing the jokes. And what I, did, I think we learned ahead. most of all is that Barboza especially can't be trusted and neither can neither can Oliveira. Like both those guys are coming for us in the worst way. That's just my That's I'm just saying and I feel I'm right on this. Shakira dances like Shakira. That's it. That is she is the only person there. When we put up the meme uh, we put up a thing, and this is partly inspired by Kevin. We uh, juxtaposed uh, Oliveira trying to figure out if he was going to be humble or if he was going to be Shakira. And we used the uh, pop star song, I'm So Humble, featuring Classic. Adam Levine. So funny. <laughs> and uh, we juxtaposed it with Hips Don't Lie. So <laughs> it's there, and somebody it, put underneath that So it's that 50-50, both of us, uh, yes. as the person that's all about the Shakira brand. And, Raph, I dare say you're passionate about it. 
I'm super passionate about Shakira. You can 100% say that forever and ever. I got You know what the sad part about that was? I got caught in a Shakira wormhole. And I don't know if people remember this video, but there's a video by the name of La Tutara where she's just in oil and she's just dancing. And I was like, I stopped working and I'm just watching this now. I'm not going to be productive for a while. So long story short, Shakira is amazing. She is. She can do it. As were some of the finishes on UFC <laughs> Fight Night Fortaleza. God damn it. That's all. That's all I can hear. Can't get it out of your head now. Try. No, I can't. Kelvin Gastelum did quick work of the probably soon to retire Vitor Belfort. To be fair, Vitor has had one fight left in him since 2004. <laughs> He's done. So he's, we've heard this a lot. He's now, Kev, the ropes. Yeah, I don't know if you heard what he was trying to propose off. Uh, I, I was off the air in the post presser. Do you know what he was trying to propose? No, I don't. He was trying to make the case because they were asking him about the whole like, hey, retirement sort of thing, right? Yeah. He was making the case that maybe, just maybe, there should be a legends league. Because he'll retire after the next fight unless the UFC wants his Legends League. What have we been saying? This is a great idea. You have been pushing that for so long, so I want to give you the floor to talk about what you think that would mean. First, name jealousy. I've been calling it the Senior MMA Tour, (laughs) which is so much worse then uh the what's it, the legends league that's that's fantastic i don't know who fed him that but good job vitor that's that's what i need and second yeah let's get these guys in some very minimal contact minimal athleticism bouts per se i, I personally i'm selfish i think grappling is uh where we step in here vitor come join us grab the gi buddy this is what we're talking about because the problem is no one wants to pay for a slap fight in the UFC. When you get the Thanks. chance to watch Formiga and Borg try and murder each other with their fists, you know, that's kind of, or other means, that's what you want. Barboza and Darius, there was great fights. Even Ruin Volante, uh, it's going to look weird compared to that. So either... You cut into some early prelims with, uh, you know, just old guys grappling. Well, early because, you know, we need to get them back to the home early. Uh, you know, earlier is better because you're having a few beers. You can't always stay up all the way until 11. I'm so like, what is it? For seven? Yikes. Come <laughs> on. I was I think Belfort was just like, God, it's late. I got to get to I'm fucking exhausted. Who works this late? And that therein lies the problem, though, you know, Mauricio. So showing some uh, signs of ageless greatness. We'll come back to, to Shogun in a second. But let's let's circle around this whole Legends idea, because he was saying as if he came up with it. OK. Yeah. And this is Obviously, where like Chuck, Lee, this is instead of the uh, stupid bullshit VP jobs they were giving out in the UFC, because now they have new ownerships. So it's come up with a new idea to employ the older fighters. Absolutely. OK, so. Let's do this. The first thing I put with the headline, it says, you know, Vitor Belfort confirms he'll retire after next fight unless UFC wants his Legends League. I literally put on this caption, I said, it's called Bellator. One commenter literally underneath it said Bellator. And I said, that's exactly what I said. What, what, the joke is out there. I've already done it. 
why uh, do we need to say it again? No, here's why it's funny. Uh, Bellator <laughs> has done some questionable fights. In fact, most recently, including two over 50 fighters. Uh, not great. There you go. No, 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 no. I they, just they to have their own But though yeah, technically, that's not what they do, Raph. I just want to remind you of that, too, because it's helpful. Well, sure, but I mean. It's a funny we'll, joke to get scrutinized and brought into the microscope. And yeah, talk about the funny. That's always. It's what you want to do. Joke. You want to point it out. Take away the surprise. Take away the new one. <sighs> okay. So here's what he was pitching because it's not quite what you had pitched either. This okay. is bullshit, by the way, because uh, didn't I also pitch beer should be involved? Let him drink a beer. Chuck God. Liddell would be 10 times better <laughs> if Coors Light were involved. We we're just talking about bar fights, which is an entirely different show that we have to pitch at some point. Oh, but here's you. what that's Detour even better was than pitching. The League of Legends. Fuck that. But by the way, if we do, do bar that, fights with Chuck Liddell is the oh, new. It's going to be hosted by uh, the dude who does Bar Rescue. Perfect. Let's see if we can get uh, the voice of the dude in there. <laughs> I'm. You're talking about wait, Sam, Jeff Sam. Bridges. Jeff Bridges is the oh, dude. Oh, the, you're talking about the dude, the voice who of the does dude. the dude. Yeah, yeah, Sam that's Sam. Something. Sam. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about what Vitor is pitching here. Here's what it is. Uh, but if the industry leader wants to do a spinoff, one with three minute rounds, ninety second breaks. Which, by the way, <sighs> give me a second, kids. Old man time. No elbows, no knees. And, Kev, this is where I think he loses you. A maximum of 30 seconds on the ground. He would be game. Yeah, go fuck yourself. I so don't want to watch that. Okay, okay. A light sparring match between friends? (laughs) Sounds great. No elbows, no knees. It's just kind of like some, like, pulled punches or like, hey, I'm going to get you. So... Uh, this is where I enjoy this. There are some comments here that I hadn't seen yet. Uh, somebody put an asterisk and said, uh, Ryzen, a.k.a. no testing. And I said, shh, let them live. Hey. hey. Uh, Heather Villayata or Villa Alta uh, said, 30 seconds on the ground? That all but completely eliminates BJJ. You are correct. <laughs> but then we get into the areas where I think maybe Kevin may need to defend his idea, his honor, his suggestions. But one person just said, Legend League, dumbest thing I've ever heard. Go be a coach. Unfortunately, there's no market in any pro sport for a Legends League. Nobody wants to watch old, broken football players, hockey players, or (laughs) NBA players. What in the world makes you think they want to watch old men over their prime beat the living piss out of each other? Sometimes reality sucks, Vitor. Respect forever, but it's over, boss. Well, I have to say, what this is very passionate. And I it agree. Very uh, time-consuming, I'm sure, to write all of this. Poetic at times. But even. respect forever is an enclosure that I'm not sure ever actually means what it means. Because respect forever means... Respect forever, it's over? <laughs> is it interesting? <laughs> I th- again, poetic. Kevin, I want you to know, respect forever, but your guard fucking blows. But you're fucking dead to UFC fight. Your identity is over. So I'm still, first of all, the senior PGA is a thing that exists. It yep. really does. Second, there's a three-on-three NBA Legends League coming. And if anything, Las Vegas really enjoys the older basketball players, uh, as do a fair amount of diehards 
and uh, fair point on the NFL, but it also is kind of sad when you see people from like 25 years ago that played NFL due to their anyway. Uh, Will Smith covered it. I I'm with you in the sense of you know we do kind of want to see them compete. Let's get five or six grappling matches. Come on, put it on EBI. Put it in between EBI. There we go. Everybody oh no. Well, hey, to be guys, fair, you get to watch Dan Henderson and Vitor Belfort grapple, and people are like, "Fuck yeah, sounds awesome," and it's safe. To be fair, they do say things like in jiu-jitsu, which is jiu-jitsu for everybody, and if you have to endure these, because these are my favorite memes, by the way, Kev. Okay, my favorite absolute argumentative memes that I see consistently from people: old person training jiu-jitsu caption. What's your excuse? Yeah. My excuse is I'm not that dude. Like, I'm trying to train right now. I'm broken as is, and I'm fucking 34. Props to that guy. <laughs> I always feel the same but, way. I'm like, that guy looks tougher than me. You want me to say it out loud? Fine. And you know what? I sounds fucking great. But you know what? <laughs> there are a lot of people who, for whatever reason, can't do that. So you're going to tell the person who's, like, lying in their bed, like, toughen up shit. <laughs> I know you're in the hospital, but no excuses. What's your excuse? Well, my excuse is, you know, cancer. Oh, well, whatever. Okay. What's your excuse? My excuse is my kidneys kind of suck because I'm old. Oh, fuck. Like, Why am I not, not training a, today? Uh, you know, I trained Tuesday and I'm just still <laughs> sore. But not a knock on those people because I think it's fucking fantastic that we me do too. it. But if you're going to give me those fucking memes that make argumentative jumps in logic – that literally just say like, hey, fuck you guys. This old guy, this one old guy did it. So your grandpa better get the fuck out there and start rolling himself. <laughs> then guess what? This dude who's making the argument that nobody wants to see those people. Well, that meme told me that people can do it for fucking ever. So you know what? One of those has to go. The memes don't make any sense and they can leave. And then guess what? We don't have to push for this old person league. But I tell you this right now. You mean to tell me if Joe Montana and Jerry Rice went to go throw the ball around, that shit wouldn't sell out? That shit wouldn't draw people to watch? Just to play catch and have people look at it, it would draw a crowd. I'm just saying there are markets where people would be interested to watch them. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to go see them get knocked out by like some 25-year-old. That kind of sucks. But on the same and if we're going to return back to the discussion that happened after the fight, Kelvin Gastelum, who did he call out immediately after his fight with Vitor, Kev? The next oldest guy he could find. I mean, Anderson. I'm sorry, shit. Uh, hold on. Show some respect, Kevin. You chose him to win, and he kind of did in his last fight. <laughs> Anderson the Spider? Silva? That's who he wanted to fight? <laughs> Yes. So he's going on a beat up legends tour. I like so, it. I'm in. <laughs> he's he's he took Vitor's advice. He was like, why wait? Uh, I'm going to do it right now. But you're you're now telling me that you would much rather see those fights with Kevin Kelvin Gastelum taking on a murderer's row of people who should probably not fight him. Uh, no, but I are doing be super clear. Players. I don't think that. And I thought it was a pansy ass call out. It's it really is. It's sort of like why everybody's calling out Bisbang. They think they can beat him. That's why they call his ass out. Everybody's like, I mean, I can beat that ass fuck. Yeah. I just find it very funny because as we get through all these different matchups and these different fights, 
You got Bisping, who's now talking about the whole GSP thing, and that's a whole thing into itself. And yeah, people want to call him out because they probably think they can beat him. And he's put a, a very nice resume for himself. Fantastic. Love that. But if we're talking about the fact that, like, you look at these fights and they had mentioned they're like, man, this is the biggest win of his career. I was like, can we put an asterisk next to that? Because yeah, an out of fight contention, if we're being honest, Vitor Belfort doesn't quite scream as urgent as a Tim Kennedy fight to me. Agreed. And Tim Kennedy has uh, obviously retired, but I definitely I think we all. It was like, this was fun. Uh, he just beat up Tim Kennedy. Maybe give him someone in the top six, five, which is what I also expected him to call out. Hey, I'm ready. Put me up against the best. Was what we wanted to hear, Kelvin. That's not quite what we got. It's I like guess. me finishing a grappling match with Kevin and being like, I want to take on Kevin's dad next. <laughs> this is a good match that we had. Uh, this but was I want to take out the person who is responsible for Kevin's <laughs> super good passing. Then it's his guard mom. Retention. I'm coming after the whole family. <laughs> uh, I just want to be super clear. Yeah, I thought it was a chicken shit move. So did everybody else, Kelvin. Call us, but, buddy. Come on. Well, you know what? I get it because he wants the big names, and there is some sort of weird passing of the torch that I think people feel need to happen. So you mean to tell me that you would much rather see those matches happen than like – Somebody had put this together, and I forget who it was, but they said, hey, guys, I know it's super last minute, but can we make it Vitor versus Shogun instead? Just say. Uh, couldn't agree more, by the way. Whoever said that's a, a fucking genius. And let's uh, <laughs> yeah. go ahead and maybe Shogun versus Anderson would be fun. I'm down with Great. that. Now, I have to bring this up because I think it's a good time to kind of pivot a little bit because of this very reason which is we're talking about Shogun and Shogun. They talked about him in the like very top when they did their tail of the tape as being 35 years old. But I feel like if you fought in pride, they should never say how old you are because you age differently. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like you have fight years that don't even make sense. There were no rules guys. Any kind of <laughs> metrics that they can talk about, but for splits of seconds, just glimpses. We had moments of prime Shogun. And my heart goes two ways, Kevin. I get excited because they're awesome flurries. And when he's in it, it, there's nothing like it. But then another part of me says, like, eh, do we have to see this anymore? <laughs> I, I do like <laughs> your, your skepticism is one of my favorite things. Especially, we're kind of in agreement here, obviously. I was surprised to see Shogun win. I was shocked. There was a split second where it didn't look good for him. No. It looked like he got clipped for a little second. I mean, the exchanges were pretty good, but the flurry that he was starting to put together made us uh, much more relieved. But there was definitely one moment where I tweeted out, and then granted the second I I tweeted it out, he was much better in the fight. But I was like, no, Shogun, not like this, not like this. (laughs) It's just like I can't watch him get clipped and go out. Like this. Not at all. No. Um, so there was that whole thing. And, uh, you know, Beche Correa had an interesting match as well. People didn't like that she was twerking. And uh, I'm, I'm not wrong with you match, because I'm going to say if we're going to give shit to Oliveira for not being Shakira, 
let's also be equal opportunity in saying, Beche, you are not Shakira as well. And, and maybe when someone has your back and is pummeling you for three minutes, getting up and being like, what? No bigs. <laughs> it was great. It was like, yeah, looked like no big deal. Uh, interesting. I guess I'd be dancing too after. No, I'd probably be sitting there trying to figure out what happened to my face the last seven <laughs> minutes. It's just in time. It would have felt like more. I was surprised it was a draw decision. I guess that third round was just so uh, authoritative. Yes. From Renault. I, I was... Um, you know, I guess that's how it goes. Uh, let's also bring up the fact that uh, Edson Barboza. Did you hear that? That's the echo of his knee hitting Dariush's face. It's still Benny going on. is beloved out here in Southern California. Okay, he's quite good at jujitsu, and to his credit, Edson is definitely a, a tough striker to go up against. But Benny was pushing, and he was really trying to make a statement while standing up with him. That was before he went light as a feather, stiff as a board. So that was rough to watch. That sound, though, Kevin. Oh, oh. Let me see if I can. If I can. It just was it like it was like a like basketball. Was that a close one? <sighs> right into the the old dome. Uh, Ray Borg wins a decision over Formagia. I was gonna, I like that fight. Yeah, a little. There's a little humping. Just a minor. No, 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 no. A little, a little humping. You want to talk about a little humping? Let's talk about it, Kevin. Let's bring it out. Let's talk about. He was just a moving little his hips. Humping. It was just no, 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 no. We're talking about Joe Soto. Oh, I'm sorry. I did mix up my little guy fight. Yeah, that was. <laughs> oh. It took okay. me a while to remember, but I had the opportunity to interview Joe Soto after an EBI where he was adjusting himself. What was that? And he was definitely uh, very funny about it. But then once he got to mount, in case you guys didn't see it, there's definitely a clip. And Vinny Magalash put this on his Twitter and retweeted it. So if you need a reference point, look at it there. But he gets mount and the round's about to end. And then he just starts humping. His opponent, Ronnie Yaga. Do you lose a point? I mean, you grab the fence, you lose a point. Well, <laughs> you know, I think you it's sexually just assault your opponent challenge. halfway through metaphorically. Yes. <laughs> Should you get a point? Oh, God. <laughs> Why? Wanna... Oh, nope. Just big apologies to Formiga and Borg for mixing this up. Absolutely. <laughs> it was Joe Soto. Ugh. Uh, Kevin Lee picks up a submission win over Francisco Trinaldo, which is really solid. It was a really good setup for a rear naked choke. Go look at that one as well. Uh, and then Sergio uh, Morales versus Davi Ramos. Sadness. Two jiu-jitsu guys who decided to Do it make MMA. a kickboxing match. I was surprised. I was like, Davi Ramos, one of my sneaky favorite grapplers Ever. Yep. Love watching that guy grapple. He's an insane person. Just takedown after takedown after submission attempt. Uh, didn't get the jiu-jitsu I was looking for. No. And that was a giant bummer on both accounts. <laughs> giant bummer. They, come on, guys. Have an agreement. Be like, we're going to grapple, right? Let's grapple. 
or round three, no shits happened. Let's let's just take it to the ground because there was a unanimous decision of thirty twenty sevens all around. And I don't even know if I could call it that. But then again, at a certain point, I think I just started looking away because I was like, if there's no jujitsu, I'm going to clean up the house a little bit. So, Sadness. womp womp. Next Josh time, Berkman Dobby. retires, by the way. <laughs> oh, Didn't did he? know that. He yeah, wasn't he did. sure, but he got his, he got, uh, he got beat up a little bit. Well, Mike, uh, Michelle or Micah uh, Parasis uh, had a great north-south choke, which, by the way, Gorgeous. is very difficult to do, but he made it very, very effortless. Oh, shit. Uh, Jeremy Kennedy picked up a decision over Ronnie Jason, and, uh, yeah, I think that's it. So, anyway, that was all of that. But I had a busy day. I wasn't just talking about UFC fight night from Fart Lazela. <laughs> I was also doing five coverage. Kevin actually watched a little bit as well, which is great. Yeah, I got some in. What stood out to you from five grappling for the light heavyweights, Kevin? Nick Schrock's passing. I was surprised at Tanner Rice's inability to submit. To be fair, Tanner Rice did get a third place submission, though. And... Tanner Rice, I love Tanner Rice. I love watching him yes. fight. I love what he does. I guess I, I like I said, just a little surprised. Uh, Leandro well, Lowe going out in the first round was what huge floored me. Shocking. But it was a it was a decision that took him out. And their rules are they like to say whoever is pushing the action and uh, pushing more of the submissions tend to get the decision. And in that one, it was close, but. I, I had guessed that he was going to lose that bout, which was insane. You did uh, so there was that. Um, other interesting things, but not super surprising in, in some respect. Uh, like Kelly also went out first round because he had a tough first round. Um, Shrock. But, yeah. And Nick is definitely, like, the, the final between, and they kept saying this, they're like, the Moose versus the Hulk. And I was like, can we not have those nicknames be what we refer to these guys as? There have to be better names. Like we can, we can do better. Like it made me think when they're like trying to promote it that way. I'm like, it sounds like a lost episode of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Though the Hulk Barbosa, he looks like a big guy. He is a big guy, and he had a great, uh, great, great sort of thing. I will say the only thing that really didn't happen because Kevin did mention the submissions. Uh, for a rule set that does seem to put a placement on trying to get more submissions, submissions on the pro. Not a single one. So little rough. We might need to to finesse those rules a little bit. But other than that, very interesting to look at. There's some also some notable moments. I want to give some uh, shout outs to some people here. Uh, first and foremost, Barrett Yoshida, just making it look super easy. Really revitalizing his own meme career. Yeah. He's going to be everywhere for a few days because of that, that beauty. And I have to say, Kev, uh, his, his team, Barrett Submissions, had some you know pretty good, pretty good showings as well. But there was one thing that was kind of a little weird that happened on our Instagram. And I had put a photo of uh, Ron Henderson uh, getting bow and arrow choked because it looked like he was in that thing for about nine years. I honestly thought I was like... Guy looks comfortable for someone who's about to choke, 
Um, I was impressed with his just overall tenacity to hang out there for a little while. And to be fair, he had a good defense to it, as loose as you can say that word, because you knew that Barrett was going to get the choke. It was just a matter of what. But he was very tenacious in fighting it off for as long as he could, and he had a, a very interesting way that he was blocking it for a number of minutes. But there was a weird moment where I said, you know, hey, you had a good match. Thank you very much. And then Ron put on here, and I don't know if this is true, but he said, thanks a lot. That illegal grip break to mine, no fair, but it happens. Was it? Like, I don't know. I don't know what the rules were necessarily. It just, it just looked vicious the whole time he was doing it. So that was some information that we got put on our our, our meme so I can't tell you exactly how uh, effective or not effective it is, but it definitely happened. So there's that. That's amazing. And overall, fun. A little long. Yeah. Very fun. A lot of, lot of good up-and-comer matches, though. Uh, yeah, we just – what is it about the gi that makes it harder to submit people? Um, I think it's sometimes the people who are very equally matched uh, – I mean, they were they were trying for it. It was just it's something about the passing that just makes it so standstillish, which is uh, hard to say. Now, granted, on the same side for the Barrett submissions, you had Sergio Hernandez, who had a very unusual submission that he did that was kind of like a uh, from side control working this crucifix that was a very strange one. Um, but uh, kudos to him as well. Um, you also had uh, Fabricio Camos beating Steven Martinez via decision, which was uh, a fun match as well. You had, um, looking down here, Brent Buskirk, who beat a very game Nathan Murphy. It was a good match. Um, those are some of the big ones that really uh, stuck out to us. We got to see our good friend Mike Kachikian uh, back to uh, competing. Kylie Baker, part of the very awesome Baker family. Uh, crushing it. Tammy Musa Messi and Bia Mosquita are just monsters. So good at what they do. And, uh, you know, it was, it was an interesting night. Those are, those are some of the big things that really stood out to me, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do for the next five of them. I'm looking forward to it. Do they do no gi events like this? I know I've seen a few gis. I, I'm trying to remember what they did a long time ago, like a year and a half ago Five, when they had the Gary one, super fight. I love these. I think throw a little Nogi game. action at us. These are great. Let's see what happens. Maybe. Maybe we'll see what happens uh, as uh, things come more to fruition. So, Overall fun, and you and I always love a good chance to uh, banter back and forth while people yes. are grappling. And they, they have the names. Make no mistake. These were some quality fights. There was some fantastic jiu-jitsu, just not a lot of finishes. Yep, which is one of those things you gotta you gotta figure out. Maybe like a plus four points, or just uh, hey, make it submission only until it happens. Yep, you'd be surprised what happens when it's uh, no longer on six minutes. So that would mean cutting a lot of the card, which I know is painful. But Von Voyage, we're in the pros now. It's fun to watch the black belts. It just is. I'm gonna say it. I want to see Leandro Lowe in the next six minutes. That's what I want to fucking see. So that's. Uh, that's just how I feel, because I think he and people like Tanner Rice and then even people like Nick Schrock, it's like uh, six minutes is great. That's what we see them rolling all the fucking time. Be really awesome if they got a few minutes to do this, right? 
10 minutes is where I'm is like my minimum for a nice mostly sub only so fun day of fights you and I are going to talk to Jason Torres yep and I'm ecstatic All right, guys. It's been far too long since we've talked to this uh, this guest. He's returning to the show. And, Kev, if I remember correctly, he used to say it was honor to be on our show. Which correct. we would always correct and be like, no, that's far too nice. It's an and honor it's... for us to have GQ's best-looking grappler 2016-2017. <laughs> Obviously, if they did the ranking. Right, 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 right. <laughs> But we we have issue because before we say all the nice things that we normally say about guests, we have uh, we have some beef that we need to address right up top. So why don't we go ahead and bring out JT Torres, say hello. But before we do, JT, why you know like the West Coast no more? <laughs> I love the West Coast. I love the West Coast. And I actually miss the West Coast right now. But uh, East Coast is where my heart is at. It was where my family's at. And uh, it's my stopping grounds where I was born and raised. So it was calling me back. But it's cold there. And you don't need that in your life. You were living in San Diego, which is the most chill atmosphere <laughs> that they then decided to put mats near. And then all of these <laughs> monsters who you were training with on a daily basis. And you decided to give up all of those people the sun and then move yeah. back because you're family like whatever dude you get three thanksgivings into this little excursion back home and you tell me if you really still love family um but i i guess the the reason why i'm sad kevin and maybe you can tell me if you felt differently i felt that the minute jt was leaving there was a giant void of swag that he took with him you could feel it you felt the shift because JT, like, he's super nice, super humble. He's also kind of a killer, and we've discussed this. Well, people have seen it, obviously, fans of the show. Part part of the great appeal of JT is, even though he's so humble and modest and nice, there is an element of, like, major swag that goes along with him. And I just felt like that void went away, and then you took it back over the East Coast. And the last thing those people need... Over more, there, and I'll tell you this right now, is more, more swag. swag. Yeah. He, he and Woodmancy <laughs> left. It was yep. he and Christian. It's just a yep. lot of mm-hmm. small packaged heart and <laughs> swagger <laughs> directed. <laughs> just That's why this I mean, with all the big people over at Atos. They were just like, oh, nope. Yeah. Raph's getting choked for this, for sure. Uh, Jiu Jitsu in the park. That's hilarious. Man. So let's, let's discuss this. Let's, let's take a trip back in time because, like I said, it's been a while since you've been on the show. And you've been through a crazy yeah. few years. You've been mm-hmm. uh, kind of experiment, you know, yeah. the life of an athlete and now trying to well, opening your your gym on the East Coast, which any East Coaster or anyone that's ever visited knows that's no small feat. Just try parking on a casual yeah. street. You'll understand some of the rules required to oh, yeah. live on the East Coast. So now imagine <laughs> opening a fight gym. It's like 10 signs to oh, park yeah. during six to eight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, JT, talk us to it. What was the conversation like when you told... Professor Galvo, that you were thinking of leaving Atos and starting your own gym. And you said, bitch, I'm out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was exactly like that. <laughs> kind of, kind of, almost like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, well, you know, I pulled him aside one day and, uh, you know, it's almost like, you know, when I, before I pulled him aside, it's almost like he knew already, you know? So when I sat down with him, I said, hey, Professor, you know, I'm thinking about, um, you know, 
moving on and opening up my own academy, you know, obviously under the Otto's flag, I want to see representing the team, but uh, I'm thinking about moving back to the East coast and, you know, opening up my own spot. And, you know, when I told him that I can see that he was sad, you know, he, he didn't want me to leave. And, and he was like, you know, what can we do to keep you here? And, you know, this and that, but he knew deep down inside that it was time for me to move on and continue, continue my journey out on the East coast. So, you know, he was sad, but at the same time, happy for me, excited for me. And, you know, with his blessings, he sent me on on my, on my new journey out here onto the super cold weather right now. But uh, he was <laughs> sad, but happy for me. And in the long run, you know, uh, it's all exciting for the team. I'm only helping the team grow and, you know, it spreads out. So it's jiu-jitsu. Did you ever think of taking him up on the offers, though? Was there ever a moment where he's like, what do we do to keep you here? And you're like, ooh, this is interesting. I never thought we'd come to this. I have some negotiation points. It's a lot of acai. I'll start there. (laughs) (laughs) And then you've got to teach me all of your passing that you don't teach us. A gee for my puppy. (laughs) Show me the the secret. Show me the secret. (laughs) Show me the secret. Yeah, you know... I thought about it. There was a point, of, you know, when I first moved out to California, I thought, you know what? I'm never leaving. I can't leave. But, uh, you know, there's something about the East Coast. You know, I was, you know, born and raised in New York. And something about it was just calling me back. And, you know, I finally made the move back. And now I'm back. And you're back in a big way because you're going to be uh, <laughs> spreading the gospel now on your own mats. Yes. You've been, yeah, so I'm, I was going to ask about the injury cause you and I went through the same surgery. Well, I don't mean to presume I tore a meniscus in uh, right. 2015, had to get that repaired. You said you came okay. back stronger. I didn't. So as we segue, <laughs> uh, you as the instructor and teacher, what did you learn that you're taking with you to essential jujitsu, jujitsu and fitness? Uh, you know, Something that I've learned, um, you know, learning from, you're saying Andre Gavao or you're learning from my time being out uh, injured? Well, I think we all speak from experience. Andre's a terrifying giant, so we have a pretty good idea what you've been yes. learning. I just meant specifically for you in terms of mm-hmm. taking some time away from the active rolling, because it does take some time. especially Like, did Galvao yeah, just say, like, drill, drill your way back to <laughs> Yeah, he didn't care. He was like, get on the mats. <laughs> No, you know, he, he he knew I had to take my time coming back onto the mat. And, you know, with that being said, I would say one of the biggest things that I, that I took away from the whole experience of coming back from an injury like that was just patience. You know, patience, patience, patience. And having patience as an instructor is a huge, huge thing. You need to have it. So I think overall it made me a better person on and off the mats. And it's going to help me develop my students now when I start teaching in my academy, which is coming up very, very soon. So, you know, I, you know, whatever, with whichever experience I have in life, I always try to take away the positive from it. And I think that's one of the positive things that took away from sitting out for a couple months from training and competing. So patience and patience is key, I believe. When they told you that though, and, and Kevin can go a little bit more on this as well, but like all you can think about is, I'm sure I want to get back to training. And then you start to do like the, you know, the different levels of grief where you're there, like trying to bargain with them. And you're like, but I mean, maybe I just don't pass on that leg. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, it's I'll true. stay on my I right mean, side. Sitting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. I remember sitting in the doctor's office, and it was actually the the week before I was supposed to fly out, actually, to Brazil to compete for ADCC. And, um, you know, I decided to go to the doctor's office to see if it can give me some um, something to help me out with the pain because it got so bad that my knee would lock for hours and I couldn't mm-hmm. unlock it for hours. I would be just, you know, hobbling around for two, three hours until my knee finally unlocked. And, you know, it came to a point where it was like, you know, um, I, you know, I got to figure something out if I want to compete. So I went to the doctor and this and that, this and that, spoke with him, told him what I had going on. And he looked at me and he, he told me something that really stuck to me. He was like, why would you compete if you didn't have a realistic chance of, you know, giving you all you've got? And that's kind of sad. I sat with that and I said, you know, it's true. And, you know, the, the, the doctor I went to go see, he's actually a, he was an athlete himself. He was a college football player and he takes care of, of a lot of athletes needs. So, you know, I'm like, you know, he has a really good point. And it, you know, like I was saying it got to the point where I, I could barely walk for hours at a time. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was a heartbreak for me, but it was the best decision I could make for myself and to further, you know, just for, to have a longer career too, you know, there's going to be many more tournaments and, and, uh, you know, competitions out there for me to compete in. So I think I made the right decision by, you know, sitting out, doing the surgery, taking the time to come back. And, you know, now I'm here, like you said, feeling better than ever, stronger than ever, um, coming up with my own academy. And, you know, soon I'll be back on the competition scene as well. So, you know, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling excited. I was just wondering if there was any point during the doctor's discussion where you're like, well, Keenan says it's fine. So <laughs> if Keenan says it's fine, the like doc, like he's like practically like a jujitsu genius. So like, just take his word. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny. Uh, me, Keenan and a couple of the other guys, we always used to have this joke that we used to play when we would go out um, and meet, you know, new people and stuff like that. We will always, you know, pretend that Keenan was a, um, he was going to medical school at one point in <laughs> medical, medical school to, uh, you know, continue his jiu-jitsu dreams and follow the jiu-jitsu goal, uh, dreams and people will always eat it up they're like oh yeah i can see that so everyone we ever meet uh people who will come visit autos will always tell them the whole the whole story about how keenan was in medical school and he dropped out to follow his dreams of being a world champion and people always ate it up so it was hilarious and i remember he used to have these scrubs you know like the uniforms the you know nurses and doctors were in the hospital he had a pair and uh, he will wear them out sometimes and, you know, you know, play this whole act on how he used to be in medical school. So it's hilarious. So at one point, Keenan was my doctor and he told me it was fine. But, you know, See? then this real doctor told me it wasn't. So I had to choose which doctor to go with. One day I'm going to create a prank show. I'm going to sell it to a network. I'll probably sell it to Flow Grappling where Keenan just goes around <laughs> cutting pranks on people because <laughs> you should. Well, I mean, you hear all these stories and like every time we run into him, he's got that mischievous smile that you look at him and you go, you're up to something. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to figure it out by the end of this interview. Right, right. <sighs> well, that's Keenan, man. That's I'm glad that I found that my my hypothesis was not only correct, but also way more uh, involved than I even thought it would be. But, you know, right, right. one thing that was nice for me is and we're going to talk about your academy because 
Um, you were kind of describing to us off air the process in which you have to go through, and uh, we don't want to yeah. like do a spoiler alert for people, but um, okay. just imagine that JT has to kind of talk to the town of Footloose to like <laughs> make the argument that dancing and BJJ are should be allowed. <laughs> but what I really appreciated was I saw you last year return back on the competitive scene, and it was so nice to see you back there because. I know how tough it is for athletes to mentally be in that place, to go through an injury and then want to be competing and then have to sit out. So yeah. I was very happy for you. And I know even though you were kind of like, meh, you know, Braun, whatever, <laughs> it was still you had some great <laughs> matches there and it looked like you were back. What do you attribute really? Because you mentioned patience, but what was it that kept you focused? What was it that kept you like thinking, yeah, this is going to happen. Like you're going to come back stronger than ever, even though every day you felt like aching pain in your knee. Yeah, my passion for the art of jujitsu. I mean, that's really what it was. You know, my passion is so, you know, I, I love Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And when I say it, I really truly, truly mean that. I really do love Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So, uh, that's what kept me going, you know, just my, my, my pure love for it. I knew that I was going to come back and, you know, there's always those doubts in your mind, like, Oh, you know, what about if I, you know, if I always feel this pain or if I, if I won't feel the same. Um, but I've always blocked that out. I push those negative thoughts out with positive reinforcement and, uh, you know, always, always reminding myself on a daily basis on why I love Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and, you know, always filling my mind with those, with these happy thoughts and, uh, you know, positive ideas and, and setting goals for myself. I set little goals for myself. You know, I want to compete in the Open first, and then I was able to compete in my first tournament back, and that was a Houston Open. I was able to win the Houston Open. So, you know, setting my setting little goals like that helped me out too. So, yeah, you know, if there was one thing I had to say, it's my, my, my love and passion for the art. And It's really cool. I'm going to have to... Yeah, I'm gonna have to steal some pages because I think uh, I'm gonna have to make my goals a little smaller. But I do like that, <laughs> right? Gonna, yeah, uh, little, little just uh, survive this role with a brown belt, and then we'll move past. <laughs> just more how I uh, I approached it, but I'm with you. And you have this <laughs> moment with Galvo where you say, "Go fuck your teaching." Yep. I'm tired of San Diego <laughs> and all this yep. bullshit. Yep. It's just a I'm little tired too of fighting chaotic. You in the park. Leave me alone. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the uh, up and downs emotionally and weather wise were too much in San Diego. So you load up the car and you head out. You were doing yep. seminars along the way. Did I see that correctly or did you just make the trip? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I stopped about five or six times to teach some seminars. So, uh, you know, it was a crazy road trip up and down all over the country but it made it fun. It made it fun. It definitely made it fun and interesting. But, uh, yeah, I, I stopped and did a bunch of seminars. Were there any crazy stories that you had while you were traveling? Because you're in a car for a bit, and then most people will yeah. just do the straight show, you know, over to the East Coast. But I'm sure you had to make yeah. some zigzags in order to make, you know, the cross country with the seminar tour work. Uh, so did you have any kind of interesting things happen to you on your, your journey out that way? You know what? Um, I you know I really I really didn't to be honest with you because I would literally get in the car, drive eight ten hours straight, and then teach a seminar, get in the car again, and then drive to a hotel, sleep for a couple hours, and then drive again. 
So I never really had time to find anything interesting to do. I was literally <laughs> driving, teaching, driving and teaching, driving and then teaching again. So it was a, it was a, it was a grind. I just really hope that you're like, oh look, it's the Grand Canyon. Cool, got to get to the seminar. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> I was wondering, exactly. like, as it happened, and maybe this will show a little bit of my bitterness. But when you were announcing it and you put up this, I think, like as an Instagram post that you just said, like, hey, guys, let me know if you want a seminar out this way. I'm going to be touring and uh, I'm going to be there. And I like read it. And I think it's maybe the coldest moment that I've ever had with you without you even knowing. And I just go, no, I won't. (laughs) Because I was just like, I'm so sad that you're leaving. I'm not even going to repost this. (laughs) I'm just like, whatever, JT, go enjoy the East Coast again. (laughs) I but was I on the other I side. I miss you guys. I miss you guys. I just moved to Denver, so I was like, "Wait, where is he doing seminars? Is it, <laughs> right, right, is that right. gonna be? Is he gonna be near me? Uh, I just gotta check. So next time you come out to Colorado, Denver, keep me posted. You actually, I will, man. One of our brown belts, who's a instructor, trained at one of your seminars and just recently described oh, really? what fighting you was like. He was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he's a very badass brown belt. So whatever you learned, Will nice. Forbes. Nice. The, uh... And you're in it now, though. You've been in front of the oh, whole yeah. New York commission. I mean, think about how hard it was to get MMA in that state, people. And yep. you're going to start to understand anything about doing anything. <clears throat> uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. New York's been around a while. So there's a lot oh, yeah. to it. You're opening up an academy in Hartsdale, New York. You were telling us 22 miles north of Manhattan, which is um, yeah. unlike most places where 22 miles gets you out of something. This is New York. So you're, you're still yeah. right in the middle of it all, which is fantastic. Tell us what that yeah, was exactly. like. Oh, man, it was a process, you know. Uh, you know, doing any sort of business in New York or trying to open up any sort of business in New York is a, it's a hassle. And, uh, especially at Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Academy where a lot of people don't understand what Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is yet. No. So, um, I had to go in front of the, the town of Hartsdale twice. Um, and I kind of had to, you know, pitch my case on why they should let me open up an academy and, you know, what I was about and who, I, who I was and, you know, why I wanted to do it. And I was just hoping the whole time that none of the people in the town would raise their hand and be like, you know, are you trying to open up a fight club or something like that? Which they didn't. They were actually pretty oh excited God. to have a presidential academy coming to the town. <laughs> <laughs> if there I was someone I would too. that just stood up and obviously the instructor of a nearby karate studio is like, this is bullshit. He's spreading lies. <laughs> I mean... We we like to liken the the true essence of what instructors do as sometimes being magic because when you reveal something, sometimes there's that element of ooh and ah that happens when an instructor shows you a new move. So part of me the right. whole time that you were talking about having to do a demonstration was just like, please tell me there was a demonstration. Please tell me there was a demonstration. Please tell me <laughs> that like they just looked at you and you were like, someone please come and attack me. Anyone that's over here. That's when JT <laughs> threw Councilwoman Schuster <laughs> straight over his shoulder. And you'd think it was scary, but it was amazing. Uh, right. vote. <laughs> Did that ever cross your mind to be like, let me show you my skill, everybody? Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely crossed my mind. Like, <laughs> you know, just why don't you just come train with me? Let's do, uh, let's do a round or two, and then you'll see what it's all about. I love it. <laughs> 
I think JT has the right. You, your instincts are correct in trying to get New York to be a little bit more lenient. So maybe he had more to do with it than we thought in terms of <laughs> New York accepting it. But of course, as that is happening, I know that means a lot of preparation. I know that means a lot of, you know, yeah. you probably have to write out a whole speech that you have to give in front of a board. Am I correct yeah. here? What yeah, were the bullet points of that speech? Because here's the nice part. Maybe you don't know this about me and Kevin, but Kevin and I mm-hmm. are both nationally recognized speech and debate competitors. Very so this is our nice. world. Yeah. So like when oh. you're competing at the world championships of jujitsu for like seven years, this is what Kevin and I did. So I'm interested oh, wow. with the bullet points of your speech were to them. Uh, because I can tell you after you tell me your like what they actually were, I can tell you what the bullet points I think either you should have gone with or that I had in mind. But I'd love to hear what it was that you were able to persuade them with. Yeah, I was, you know, first thing I was saying is that uh, you know jujitsu is uh, the gentle art. You know, there's no striking involved. Um, it's more of a lifestyle actually that you know promotes you know just healthiness all across the board. It's also a great tool for children to use for discipline and to be bullyproof. And, um, you know, you know, just touching them on, uh, you know, on my background a little bit, you know, where I grew up, where I was from and the journey that I went from the East to the West and then back to the East to do this. Um, and just talk, you know, touch a little bit upon my accomplishments and, uh, what I've done as one of the, you know, Americans amongst, you know, a sea of Brazilians in the competition. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that, those, those were the, the, the biggest topics there. Those are pretty good. I, I you know, I, I wasn't even counting the nationalism. I did like that. Like, <laughs> I was like, they're going to enjoy that. Uh, if it's all white people, I would have just showed them Anthony Bourdain <laughs> and people would have been like, Oh, perfect. Yeah. You're in. <laughs> At no the problem very at all. End of the speech, it's just he got him to do a rousing chant of USA. <laughs> USA, USA. So uh, these are good. These are really good, and I, I think that uh, one of the events I tended to do very well in in speech was a, an event called persuasive speaking. Uh, okay. So, having heard what you said, I have a couple bullet points. I think Kevin might too. Yeah, I'm prepared. Uh, I've got some pathos he, ready, ref. Okay. All right. So number one. Uh, my first argument would have been open with, I can hurt you. Now, I don't want to make this a bad thing. Go straight to threatening them. Oh, absolutely. Go straight to letting them know the imminent danger in the room. Raph means uh, business. I can hurt you. And <laughs> wouldn't you want to learn from somebody who could hurt you? And, and granted, I've already sized all of you up, and I know all of your weaknesses. But much like Batman, I'm going to lend them to you so that way we can help and uh, use it more as uh, a good defense in case bad things happen. So just never forget, I can hurt you. Kevin, do you have one? Yeah. So uh, I actually have two routes. I think you can go here pretty easily. I, I picked on kid, you know, bring in a before and after. Be like um, just a nice demo of uh, an eight-year-old that wasn't able to walk to class. And now it's a uh, full judo toss. Uh, obviously, the Anthony Bourdain white people strategy only works in that demographic. Um, but otherwise, you know, you could also pull in like a, just bring in Tom DeBlass and Christian Woodmansey and be like, watch this. You're never going to believe yeah. that he survives. And it's going to be really shocking. 
The next one that goes with me, and this is going to be great. Yeah, I love the the big man, little man idea. Great idea, Kevin. Great demonstration. Allows them to narrate it. I'm going to go one further. I'm going to say there's a moment where you stop in the middle of the speech and you just go. And that brings me to my next point. My medals. And then you just have a team of people bring out (laughs) all of your trophies and medals and awards. And you just go, I think this speaks for itself. Are we done here? (laughs) <laughs> and uh, if they're not convinced at this point, then you just go like, guys, guys, sit down. A projector falls from the sky and you go, we're going to take a moment to look at one of my highlight reels. Some of my favorite moments. Uh, look at here. Look at this past. They Dude, make them on your phone. Can... You can put those little phone PowerPoint <laughs> projectors. <laughs> then you're solid. It's hilarious. Uh, but <laughs> rap, right, I also think an assimilation thing. Okay. You're like yoga, except none of the weakness. Um, people would probably oh, like get that. that. Um, cycling, except you go somewhere. I'm just trying to give you ideas <laughs> for like <laughs> single pitches. That's that's it for me, Ref. And I think that's the final one, that. really, and this is this is really important to close on, is um, you always want to leave. They always say like leave them wanting more. So right. uh, the most important thing is what are, what are like the biggest things on the internet? Like what are the biggest videos that you'll watch? Uh, for sure. If it's not jujitsu, what's one that'll make you go, aw, JT? Me? Uh, yeah. Puppy videos. Oh, puppies? Yeah. Don't you have a puppy yeah. as well? Don't puppies sometimes do, have... do occasional jujitsu and wouldn't they be adorable with a gi on them? Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> well, <laughs> at essential jujitsu, every third Friday is dog night. <laughs> and then... <laughs> <laughs> then you're set. You just look That's there, crazy. and then you put the key on the dog, and then case closed. I think it, it, you end on the upper, and then you just walk out, and you drop the mic. You're done. You just drop the mic. You know what? If they call me for another board meeting, I'm going to use these. I'm going to use these 100%. <laughs> oh, 100%. Kevin and I will do it because it's for the good of the sport, really, guys. Yeah. Um, 100%. Absolutely. We just well, want that, JT to be teaching because that means that's another academy we can put on our jiu-jitsu vacation. Yeah, I'm so glad that we were able to use our national championship winning skills. Finally. <laughs> Haven't been helping me as a purple belt at all. <laughs> it's just been... It's just like JT's going to like get off this conversation and be like, so these idiots are the ones that took gold in their events? Wow. <laughs> right. I mean, they're calling themselves. And it obviously worked. So I like that he's just winging it as a public speaker, too. Absolutely. Um, a little pee. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. you know, you teach all the time, which right, helps. Right. <laughs> so yeah, now you're at this point where you're getting close to opening. Uh, when are you yeah. looking to have this academy? And, and how are things going right now? Because you're obviously just not like, sitting back and waiting for things to happen. Uh, you still are right. teaching right now as well, right? Yeah, I'm teaching and training twice a day right now in a, in a temporary spot. I'm actually renting some mat space out of a fitness studio. Actually, got to lay down the mats and pick up the mats before and after class every day. So it's a grind right now. But, uh, you know, the process is moving along. The academy is going to be here first week of April is where we're shooting for. Um, you know, the, the the, the build-out is almost complete. Um, everything's looking up. You know, everything's looking great. We're excited. I can, you know, feel that, you know, the, the people here in New York are excited as well. I've been getting tons of messages and, and uh, you know, tons of support from the people around. And like I said, I've been teaching at a temporary spot, so I've already built up like a little crew, and it's only growing and getting stronger, and everyone's enjoying the class I've been putting on, so I can't wait to do that at my academy. 
do these are you, are so are you getting like new people or are you getting like a mix of uh people who are like oh my god JT's here like what is that being comprised of right now um you know I'm definitely getting a mix um there's definitely a lot of people right now who who are familiar with jiu-jitsu already who have trained already who want to come learn from me but I'm also getting a lot of um you know a lot of messages from a lot of newer people too who are just finding out about jiu-jitsu because I actually put a lot of, you know, signs that say coming soon, you know, Central Jiu-Jitsu by JT Torres, email here for more information. And, you know, when you put up signs, people actually read them. So uh, hmm. people were, people have been messaging me, which is exciting. You know, I, I want to attract a whole new wave of people who, who don't know what jiu-jitsu is yet. And I want to, you know, start them as white belt all the way to black belt, hopefully. So that's exciting, and it's a good mixed crowd. You know, I got a lot of upper belts already coming over, and a lot of uh, white belts who who want to learn, who want to start learning. Because the big question I always have is, whenever you get a name like you that drops in in a new place, new surrounding, starts their school, is I want to look at these kids and be like, "Do you know who's instructing you? <laughs> <laughs> like, do do you get what's happening here? Because it's not just some nobody. Like, okay, just want to make sure." <laughs> <laughs> You've been traded with some beasts. Actually, the five grappling heavyweight, the light heavyweight super league. There was a lot of JT Torres smiling in the promos. Yeah, in between. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that. It was <laughs> awesome to see that. Actually, <laughs> did you? So I guess the the question is now that you're you're doing that. You know, obviously, you say that you're going to be returning to uh, training. Uh, you have told yes. us that you, because of this, I'm assuming there's going to be no pans coming up. So then what are the next things that come up for you? AKA, where can yeah, we see so, you fight again? Cause we right. really like watching you fight. <laughs> Cause we miss it. Thank you. Thank you. appreciate that. Well, yeah, unfortunately this year I won't be able to fight the Pan Ams. You know, it's, you know, my school's probably going to be opening up very soon. So I'm super focused on that right now, but I'm looking to compete very soon in, uh, hopefully one of the smaller opens, maybe like a New York open, Boston open, Atlanta open, or even one down, one of the ones down in Florida. So we'll see which one comes up and straight into worlds. If all goes well. Um, but if not, I'm already slated for the ADCC out in Finland, 2017. So that's what I'm, um, you know, looking forward to. Um, that's, a uh, one I really want to win. And, you know, one that I'm excited to go to and really represent my team and my academy. So ADCC, big tournament. Yeah, perhaps uh, perhaps people have heard of it on our show. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. I wonder though. So what happens with your training when you are getting ready for that? Um, are you going to be going to different places? Because I know that you're going to have so much focus on your school. But are you going to be traveling back? Are you going to go to different gyms like what happens for you for that process because i think this is both a little bit new for you in the sense right. that you're going to have this school now that is going to be a huge responsibility but at the same point adcc only happens every other year and it's right. the show right right um you know the what i'm going to do is keep it all in-house to be honest with you um i've already you know me being from the East Coast, me starting my jiu-jitsu career out here in the East Coast, I have a lot of connections out here with um, a lot of other high-level athletes when it comes to wrestling, for example. Wrestling is a huge part of ADCC. Mm -hmm. 
and, you know, New York State, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, you know, the surrounding areas around this part of the world of, or, you know, of the country is very talented when it comes to the sport of wrestling. We have a lot of good wrestling out here. So that's one thing I'm going to be bringing a lot to my academy, focusing on that for ADCC, working on my takedowns and top control. And then, um, you know, working out, working out and training with my students. Um, uh, like, I, like I was saying earlier to you guys, I've already started attracting over some higher belts. I already have some competitors who want to come train with me who can push me in the training. And being out in California for so many years and seeing how, you know, Professor Graval did it, you know, being a competitor and a professor at the same time, how to balance it, you know, it's always difficult, but, you know, that's what the champions are made of. You know, that's what that's why the champions are champions. They do things that others can't do or things that are difficult for others. So I have no doubt I'll be able to do it, balance it, and do well and bring home that gold medal. Those poor white belts. Those <laughs> poor, unwitting white belts who have no idea what they just signed up for. You're like, yeah, yeah, come on, my academy. It's great. Uh, hey, funny story. No, you're in your second month. No big deal. I'm going to amp it up, and I'm going to go Tasmanian Devil. And you just – you're a body, and just accept it. And everything will be great. Just tap. It's fine. You're, fine. you're going to be fine. Everyone's okay. going to be fine. Okay. <laughs> that, that's, that's uh, It's always interesting to see the dynamic because uh, my professor, he also – he makes a trip out to the university. He goes – he trains under Shanji. We're a Hibiero affiliate, and he always okay. makes a trip out there before big tournaments just to, you know, do a check. Right. And it's always interesting because yeah, you can't always, bit. yeah, you can't always find the time. So sometimes you just go yeah, into those tournaments. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's. I guess that's why you guys are pretty good at this at yeah. this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. JT, there was a there was a thing that you were just you had mentioned to us that I really want to ask about because we're getting back to your academy. You mentioned something really interesting about the age of twenty seven. And yeah. you were saying how that seemed to be something that stuck out to you. Why does the age of 27 and an academy stick out to you? Because I'm not sure a lot of people know this or that maybe you did this sort of research and you figured it out, but it's new to me. Right. So do you care to explain right. that? No, yeah. So, um, you know, I've always wanted to open an academy when I first started training jiu-jitsu. And, you know, I always knew that's what was one of the things I wanted to do, you know, along with, you know, being a world champion, getting my black belt, I want to open it in school too. That's one of my goals. And I always wanted to know when was the right time to do it. So what I did was, you know, I did a little bit of research. I saw when all the other high-level guys like, you know, Andre Gavao, Marcelo Garcia, Hamo Barral, um, you know, guys like that, I, I started looking. When did they open their academies? When they were 20, when they were 21, when they were 25? And what I found was that a lot of them opened the academy when they were 27, 28 years old. So, you know, I thought there was something to that. And, you know, what I, what I started coming to was that they came to a point where I feel they, they um, got an experience level, right, where they've learned X amount. They've seen how, how their professors have done it. And I think that was their best time to go about it and do it. Um, and then, you know, people always talk about, like, uh, the 10,000-hour rule or the 10-year rule and stuff like that. So if you think about it, you start competing at the black belt. Some of these guys, you know, 19, 20 years old. So you get pretty close to that 10-year mark there. And for me, I started competing at the black belt level at 19. So almost coming up in a decade. 
Um, so, you know, I think there's something to it. I'm going to test it out for myself now. It's going to be my first time testing it out. I'll let you know how it goes. But, um, yeah, that's what I found in my research, and I feel confident that that it's the right thing for me to do, and I'm still going to continue to progress and, and take things to the next level. I already feel it, actually, when I'm teaching. It just reminds myself of, you know, techniques that I actually have been doing for years, but now I'm starting to realize the smaller details within those mm. details, if that makes sense, you know? It does. I guess the the thing is, and, and you know, I know that different sports, different uh, experiences or skills have the uh, levels for that ten thousand dollar or ten thousand hour uh, sort of uh, approach. In jujitsu, it's right. a little more different uh, because it really goes by how big your ear is. So when you <laughs> you developed a certain cauliflower, that's when it lets right. you know, mm, yes, the wisdom is here. It's time to open your academy. So uh, I think you would reach right, that right. pretty pretty quickly there, uh, JT. Yeah. If I'm if I'm being so yeah. bold, I just. Yeah, I find it so interesting that that happened for you, that you did that research, that you started to find that for yourself, because I don't think a lot of people really would put those pieces together. They may learn it in the after effect, but it showed right. how much you were you were in tune to it, that once you had this idea, you did want to see where everybody else was kind of starting their legacies. And a lot of people that you did mention yeah. are people who, you know, started pretty, pretty crazy legacies. Uh, until yeah. themselves. Definitely. So that's that's a good group of people to uh, uh, put yourself in with. Um, and I gotta say, oh, yeah. I mean, Terri- all of us terrified of his next generation of students. If I could yeah, just no admit shit. that for a quick second. <laughs> As I am, all of the youth. <laughs> yeah, all the all the young children, especially like all the people. Like, whenever uh, Hinger is telling me that he's teaching the kids or the white belts, I'm like, you don't need to do that. <laughs> You like one hundred percent don't need to see you do that. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I guess there's a nice thing that I'm now starting to think of because, you know, as we're we're starting to close this up, and I'm trying to find my closure with you, JT, because I can't hate you. All right, it's really yeah, yeah. it's hard. I mean, you're a nice guy, and it's all love. It's all love. It's all love. I know, I know, but you stop being so nice. It makes me have to accept you being gone. So what I want right now is I would like you to be honest with us and tell us what it is okay. that you missed about the the West Coast, aside from the sun uh, and the guys at Atos. What else what do, do I you miss the about the West Coast? I'll be honest with you. In and out. Already. Yeah. A, In and out. That's, that's good. That's a good answer. <laughs> Very good answer, <laughs> and that, and that's being honest with you guys. I miss In and Out every day. <laughs> but wait, are you are you more In and Out than Five Guys? Yes, one hundred percent. Interesting. Don't tell the East Coast, everybody. A lot of wars. <laughs> they may, I was about to say, well, they they may kind of slay you for that one, but that that's okay. <laughs> so JT, when do you when do you make your appearances back on the West Coast? When do you come back this way? When do you visit the In and Out yep. again? When do people get to see you? I will definitely be out for the world this year, whether I'm competing or not. You know, which is you know still up in the air. I'm looking to do it, but I will be out there for the world this year. Well, that's fantastic. And if people are looking to do kind of seminars or privates, are you taking any of those? Because I'm pretty sure uh, now that we know it's a rare occurrence, people need to get that in if they can. 
Yeah, you know, now, you know, I, I, I still have some time left, you know, especially on the weekends. I can do on the weekends. But, uh, yeah, still taking seminars just in the weekends now, quick weekend trips. So if anyone wants a seminar out there, you know, they can always just hit me up on my, you know, Facebook, jtorresbjj, um, or my Instagram, or even my email, jtorresbjj at gmail.com. So, yeah, definitely still taking those in. But like you said, now they're limited. So if you want to get on one of those, hit me up ASAP. You heard it. I'm just going to go text my gym real quick. Absolutely. JT. Well, JT, we're excited to see you into this next chapter because it's always interesting as as people develop their own gym and develop their games in new and interesting ways in their brand. And you've always been someone we like watching. So we want more of you, not less. That's all. I'll be. You guys will be seeing more of me and my students very, very soon. It's like a new generation of like just tireless passers who just are like don't take no smiling at me in a glistening oh, yeah. way. It's like we stop then, smiling with immaculate geese, and then when they like wear their like non BJJ apparel, they're super stylish as well. Yeah. Cute puppies. <laughs> Well, Essential Jiu-Jitsu and Fitness at Essential BJJ. Uh, JT Torres, always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks for answering our questions this evening. My pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me tonight. Appreciate it. Verbal Tap fans, the one, the only, Atos Black Belt, JT Torres. Raph, we got to go out to New York City. First of all, we've just never hit the town because uh, neither of us have ever lived there during the duration of our friendship. You know, soon. But if we do, we got to go hit Essential Jiu-Jitsu. It'd be a fun New York trip with the Jiu-Jitsu schools out there. I think I've forgiven him. Because, oh, you're still harboring, and I, I actually like this about you. You're harboring a little West Coast resentment. Should I not? You should, but know that it's going to suffer for him in the tacos department. Like, that's where you, he's going to feel the wrath. He's just, listen, he was a gift. He was a gift, and he's gone now. And it's just, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I've come to terms with it. That's all. That's all. What a podcast. Fun time. I'm excited to hear more about his journey. He keeps- Yes keeps going he's 27 he's got a lot of career in front of him and we're going to be seeing him fight for quite a while which is fun he's just so happy and pretty while he does it i still contend we got to get gq up in this thing like this is our chance raf maybe that's where we erred maybe that's what we need to do that's our contribution to jiu-jitsu is to have the gq of yeah yeah oh that's not bad and plus print media is making a huge comeback i've heard so this absolutely but think about like the the covers because the covers would just be a lot of like jujitsu fashion you and i love picking out a good two-piece three-piece suit and i think we'd find a pretty nice niche if we chose the right fighters hey look at 2018 look out for gq <laughs> grappling quarterly we'll be uh <laughs> Bringing a very confusing headline, and we'll probably get sued. Absolutely. 
that's going to do it for us tonight, which moves us into some shout-outs category. I'll start it out, Raph, because I'm going to start out Jubera for showing me things to hurt you with. Mm. We're doing Self-Defense Tuesdays, which started with a little demo on Thursday, uh, where we were just doing takedown drills. Greco-Roman wrestling in the gi. Uh, drills, training techniques, some exercises, two things I strongly implement into my game and two things I will strongly implement into my game. We are also adding no gi Sundays. So looking forward to some uh Jubera led no gi open mats on the Sunday variety. <laughs> we currently have a gi drilling class there now. I'm looking forward to adding some no gi because as you know, it's my favorite. Can't get enough of it. It is. You do love it. I a like lot. dressing up in the gi. Uh, it's a great warm-up garment. It's just people can grab me everywhere. Like they just stop me while I'm trying to move places, and I'm not that good. So I require the sweatiness and the brute force to get out of there. It's great. Love me the nogi. And if you're trying to get some zen in your life, go train with, go train with JT Torres. Just find yeah. him. Everyone I've ever talked to that's taken a seminar from JT is like, you got to hear about this. Like, it's it's great. He's really nice. He's really technical. Uh, shout out to the Tavares Association out there in Kansas City. KCBJJ had Hanato himself hanging out for four days. So I've had to see four fucking days of seminars that I wasn't there for. He's showing cool chokes. Jason Bircher's tapping out to his arm bars. It's fantastic. Uh, that's something unconceivable to me because I've rolled with Jason Bircher and I can't imagine anyone uh, being able to survive that. So to see it in play, I believe it happens. I just am shocked. Uh, so to all the killers out in KCBJJ getting some fine tuning in the master class, congrats. Uh, Joe Wilk has also opened a new branch in Manhattan. He's got a new space that looks like a jujitsu dream facility, Raph. I saw the whole Aggieville district, the Manhattan business district, did a whole ribbon cutting ceremony, which is amazing. He trains a lot of them. He's been a part of the community for a long time. He's been training in Manhattan, and now he's downtown where everybody can get right there. And obviously, Manhattan being a huge place, it's helpful when it's downtown. Uh, that's a little facetiousness, but it is helpful. So it'll be, uh, I got to get back. I got to go train with some Joe Wilk. I'm going to find some time to get over to the Combative Sports Center out there in Manhattan, Kansas. Everyone of all ages, go do some training. And, Raph, that's going to do it for me. Well, that's some fantastic news, Kevin. So kudos to all of our friends. Uh, I would like to retroactively take away a shout-out. Good. Because I can do that. I would like to take (laughs) away a shout-out. To Jabera for teaching Kevin anything remotely good. <laughs> He's he taught honestly a four step takedown master class. I was like, fuck you very much. Two of these were secrets I've been using around here. Mm-hmm. He did not care. He was uh pleased to show it. So we're doing quite a bit of standing. It's fun. That's quite good. Um let's go ahead and start by shouting out the LA Jiu Jitsu Club. It was an interesting week. We had a lot of stuff uh, as we're getting Eric ready for pans. So I'm very stoked about that. We've got some little small things that we are ready to uh, bring to your attention. But we've had some good training out that way. So I'm very excited uh, to talk a little bit more about some of the stuff we're working on. So we'll come back to that a little bit later. But let's start also with a nice shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center. 
VMAC. Uh, good training out there today. I want to thank our good friend Moses, who's been away for about like two and a half months or something like that. But it was mostly just an open mat with just me and him. So uh, that was actually really cool to get to do. And, uh, you know, Moses is one of those guys. He's just like super strong, which is an intense role because, you know, he's got that Russian strength where like you're rolling with him, but then you don't know if we're supposed to hate him as a country. It's very difficult. At one point, I was like, "Did you, uh, did you affect our elections?" And be you honest, know, it was just a weird way. Once you got Mount to really be telling people something like that, but it's what I do. Uh, so yes, obviously, shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center. It was good to get back there. And I also want to be very clear about this. Uh, this is uh, the week of Pans. So uh, I'll be out in Orange County, aka Irvine. If you guys are coming down. Please be sure to say hello. I'll be doing coverage, hopefully talking with a number of our friends out that way. But, um, you know, stop by, say what's up. If you do see me shamey, and again, to refer what shame eating is, when everybody's in their um, spectacular way of like being in shape while going to pans and competing, uh, I'll be eating nachos, I'm sure. Very sadly in a corner, just kind of like that's the only time not to approach me because they don't have great food options uh, when you go to these things. So <laughs> my wife asked uh, off air if uh, there's going to be acai gel. Oh. And this is the one. This is at Irvine. 100. No, no, no. This is at Irvine. There's Irvine no lets gel? you take your acai like real people, like adults. In there, you hope. it is the other place that is a pyramid <laughs> that tells you, babe. She's just saying the name in the background. <laughs> like I'm alluding to it, being like, "There's a place in the pyramid, Long Beach, babe." Yeah, <laughs> don't need to say it's Long Beach. People know it's Long Beach. That other place that does that. Yeah, you know. To be fair, I thought I was going to put up my favorite meme, which is of. Uh, the acai jail of putting up the the Hunger Games peace sign. But I remember that. Ah, it's Irvine. So I'll be out that way. And uh, if you guys are looking to train, I'll be stopping in at a couple academies while I'm out there. So keep that in mind if you were out in the Orange County and Irvine area. I'd love to get to train with you guys. And those of you who are coming in from out of town or looking for places to train, hit us up. We'll be happy to put you in touch with some places that are uh, very friendly and or competitive. I don't know. We kind of know different gyms, so it depends on what vibe you're looking for. We'll figure you out. But I think, Kevin, that will also do it for me today. Hey, that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. 